0: This is the uh, third talk in a series that we've been um, going through. With we've, we've been doing this with uh, probably about 10 other Baptist churches in Western Sydney. We've been... Um, we've recorded sermons, uh, which was intended for this period for a couple of reasons, but uh, to help us think into the year ahead as we think about how we are as a church. And uh, today... Um, in those churches, they'll be seeing me in a recorded message, um, and thought, seeing when I was here in person, I would not, um, I don't like seeing myself on a video, so I thought i might just might just sort of do it live for you. I wonder what the, uh, what's the opposite of facing your fears? What is the opposite for you for facing your fears? Or, or probably running away from your fears, avoiding fears. But is it always important for us to face our fears? Um, I don't think it is always important for us to face our fears, not in the slightest. I think it's a foolish thing to do. It's a good thing uh, that you have fear if you have a compelling reason for those fears, you know. If you're scared of heights, don't climb the Sydney Harbour Bridge. You don't need to. I wonder if you've seen this picture here. Um, I've seen a very clear and... and, um, um, Good um, uh, image of this. And here are a group of men sitting up on a skyscraper. And when I was looking at the picture, I started to get giddy. I started to get rather fearful. I don't know what your fears are heights, Um, and mine is not. And yet, this picture scares me um, of these men. I just think one slip. Uh, ten years ago, I discovered I suffered from claustrophobia. Um, and, uh, and you know what? I, I don't actually go trying to explore uh, caves a lot these days. You know, I don't need to. Um, uh, that fear, I've, I've realised uh, it it's only ten years ago I discovered it. Um, and, um, and today, I really am happy to avoid crawling on my hands and knees in, in caves. We sometimes forget that fear is good. It warns us of possible danger ahead to preserve our life. And there are times when, when we can turn away from those fears. But there are times, isn't there, when we have to face those fears and we actually have to move forward. Um, and that's why people, remarkable people, face their fears every day. Um, I don't know if you saw, as I was driving here, there was a car accident accident. Um, just in Cadden's uh, car on its side and uh, two policemen there, um, they have to to face fears that uh, you and I would be very happy to avoid. Um, It's not not that they don't have any fear, it's just they have to face it because there is something in between where they want to go and where they are, and that fear threatens to stop them. So firemen will uh, go into a burning house now they have a God-given fear of fire that um, is good and, and it's right and proper and it's a wonderful thing, but they overcome their fears because they want to... They, they've got a purpose. They've got a reason. What would compel you to face your fears? What compels you to, to recognise your fears and move forward? How much would you... Risk to align yourself with the heart of God? You think it's the, even Ian when he was there you know, all those years ago um, to leave work, to leave home, to go on a ship which he, I guess, had never done before. How do you align yourself with the, the, the purpose of God knowing that there's going to be a cost to it? There's one story which defined me in 2020 right from the start. Remember God took us through, as a society, Bushfires, this time last year we were in our air-conditioned houses, hopefully, if you had one, with doors shut because the smoke was just so bad. And then soon after we had some flooding and, uh, and then we had the coronavirus. And when I realised that God was taking us places where I wasn't wanting to go, I could not reflect upon uh, the Israelites' journey from Egypt to the Promised Land. And that became my story for 2020. In the wilderness, you might remember, God dwelt with his people in the tabernacle. And that was meant to be enough. The the God was dwelling with his people at the very centre. But they couldn't stop grumbling. The people of God couldn't stop grumbling. Finally, despite their continued idol worship, their grumbling and their complaining... God actually brought them to the promised land. You might remember the story where they sent 12 men into the, into the promised land and they found it actually more bountiful than it was described. They, they, they could not believe the bounty of this beautiful place. The men came back and testified to the wonders of, of this land that they'd been brought to, but the land held strong men, powerful people, And the ten men, ten of the twelve, the scriptures say their hearts melted with fear. That's a powerful expression, isn't it? Their hearts melted with fear. So, what's their response? It amazes me. If only we died in Egypt or in the wilderness. If only we, though longing to die, if only we had died in Egypt then we would have been happy. If only we had died in the wilderness, boy, wouldn't our life been better if we died in the wilderness rather than face these giants in the land? Their fear was that they, they would prefer to... Their fear was so great, they actually preferred to be slaves or die of hunger and thirst. Fear makes us say stupid things, don't they? Fear makes us make foolish, foolish decisions. I'm sure you know the story the two men who were prepared to face their fears for, for something better because they knew that God was with them, God was going to lead them. They had the same hope. This whole community knew the God who brought, who brought them out of Egypt, who crushed Pharaoh's will through the plagues. This is the same God who they had seen the glory of God descend upon Mount Sinai. They saw that. This is the same God who made water come from a rock, who provided manna from heaven, who brought quails for them to eat. This is the same God who was going to lead them into the promised land to to conquer this land, to give it to them. But now... Fear, and it was only fear, it was the only thing that was preventing them from receiving it. I want to read from Numbers 14, verses 8 to 8 and 9. These are our heroes. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord. Do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will devour them. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. Those of us who have been in Baptist churches for a while uh, knows what happens next, because we've seen it sometimes actually in our church meetings. Sometimes it's very clear what God's will is, but then a remarkable opportunity, with the remarkable opportunity comes forward, but then something enters into that, into that meeting, and that is fear. And sometimes, sadly, we see church votes mean that we're actually rebelling against what God wants. We are just like these Israelites. God turns, uh, God wants something wonderful for us, but fear means we vote it down. What we see here is God, who wants to give them blessing... The fears move them from receiving that blessing and they want a safer option. They think they're going to go with a safer option. Israel turned from entering the land because they were afraid of what was going to happen. But God did not allow them to escape their fear. And the very thing that they were afraid of, the very thing they were afraid of, God did to them. Verse 26 (coughs) The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, how long will this wicked community grumble against me? I've heard the complaints of these grumbling Israelites. So tell them, as surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you, listen to this, the very thing I heard you say. In this wilderness, your bodies will fall. I'll just take that in a moment. It was never God's intention that they would fall. Um, but because of their fear and rebellion in their hearts, God is going to do to them the very thing that they have feared. But it was never God's intention. This will happen again later on in Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 42. This is centuries later. Jeremiah 42, verse 15. This is after the fall of Jerusalem. And this is what it says, then hear the word of the Lord, you remnant of Judah, those who have escaped the destruction. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says if you are determined to go to Egypt and, and you go and you do go to settle there, then the sword you fear will overtake you there, and the famine you dread will follow you into Egypt, and there you will die. It's a powerful message. If I'm fearful of this, if I'm, if I'm going to be obedient because I'm fearful of this, that God will actually give it to us. It's unfair of them to think that God would treat them so cruelly, don't you think? It's unfair. God never had that intention. To think that he would not deliver us is, is us doubting God. I wonder if uh, you've been following the new church paradigm videos. Mark Chappell, who has spoken here many times, the regional minister for Western Sydney, he said to, in an in interview, he said, Get out of the water, do some sinking, and then cry out to Jesus. He'll be there. He'll reach out, his hand will come, and then get your eyes back on Jesus. And, and what? He, you know, Mark said, Whoa, I'm walking on water again. We're often critical of Peter. But he's the only one who stepped out of the boat, wasn't he? He was the only one. As far as I understand, there's only two people who have ever walked on water. That's Jesus and Peter. Peter was a bit short, no, a bit short of time. But here we see Peter actually stepping out. Do you remember when Jesus um, was asked to heal a man's son? Mark chapter 9, verse 22 But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. Jesus said, if you can, everything is possible for the one who believes. The man then expresses what we have all asked one time in our life. I do believe. Help me overcome my belief. So what stops us from facing our fears? I, I do believe. Help me overcome my belief. Mark Chappell suggested it might, we might be prone to our comfort, that we like our comfort too much. Um, and I confess, yeah, I'm guilty of that. I just love my comfort, and to give it up seems to be hard. Dale Stevenson was on one of those uh, interviews. He is uh, pastor of one of the well, the biggest Baptist church down in Victoria Gateway, he said, "It might be our ego that stops us. We're fearful because of our ego." I think I have to say I'm guilty. Um, what, what if we fail? What if I'm, what if it appears like I'm not, What if it appears like I'm a failure? Karina Kavinsky is a, is a Baptist pastor. Um, I think she was correct when she said we don't need to focus on self-survival for it is Christ's church and the gates of hell will not prevail against his church. So do you think you can make a decision, a foolish decision that's going to trip up the church? If the gates of hell will not prevail against it, your courageous, foolish act is not going to bring it down. If the gates of hell do not prevail against the church, a group of prayerful, courageous followers of Jesus who are seeking to be guided by the Spirit of God and who will risk everything for the kingdom of God, they're not going to harm the church one little bit. It is, after all, Christ's church. It's his bride. Consider for yourself, what's going to spark Christ's judgment more? People who risk everything for the kingdom of God, and perhaps don't get it always right, or people who are too fearful to do something, anything because they're too fearful it's going to go wrong. It's worthwhile for us to ponder the absolute horror of God's people's failure to enter God's rest, just like is exactly what uh, Bruce read for us in Hebrews chapter 3. The absolute horror of that, they were trying to save their own life and yet they brought themselves undone. They were rescued from Egypt Saved in a a way that is unknown in any other story ever imagined. Saved in a way that no one could imagine. Wonderfully provided for, and and yet they grumbled. They, they They were brought into a relationship of love with God. They were brought into a covenant relationship. God actually bound himself to them, and they were invited to bind themselves to God that they would never fail because God is on their side, and yet they fail to enter the promised land because of their fear. We can only overcome fear in one way. We lay our lives down. The fireman who runs into the burning building risks his life for those who are in there. The police officer who goes into a bank with his mom on robbery risks, lays his life down for those he needs to serve. We as a church, we can't allow fear to stop us from laying down our lives for the sake of the kingdom of God. We, uh, we need to encourage each other. We need to lay aside our ambitions and seek the kingdom of God there is no other way the church will grow. And that's how Christ did it. Um, look, there's a few things I want to skip over in my talk, and it's, it's all online if you want, but I want to end my part of the talk with probably the, the best bit of advice or thought that I could give you. And a wonderful woman once said this, and this, is, this goes for two minutes, I want to show it to you beyond the video.
1: Hi, I'm Wendy Cowman from Penrith Baptist Church. Um, Karina commented in episode 3 that the church is turning in on itself and is inward orientated and that the more risk averse it gets, that fear drives the church. I've been reading through Exodus recently and I read this from Exodus 13, 17 to 18. When Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road that runs through the Philistine territory even though that was the shortest route to the Promised Land. God said, if the people are faced with a battle, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led them in a roundabout way through the wilderness toward the Red Sea. Thus the Israelites left Egypt like an army ready for battle. I wrote down that day, God doesn't always lead by the shortest or easiest route. It could lead to the temptation to not trust him. As I was reflecting on this, I thought, when I discern that God's leading and wants me to follow, I really do expect it to go well, to go smoothly. But God knows my heart and how when I'm faced with my fears and anxieties, my immediate reaction is to retreat and return to the familiar, the seemingly safe, even if it wasn't good. In short, I'm tempted to doubt him. It also made me think about our churches. When we as a church discern God leading, and we step out to follow, We sort of do expect everything to go rather smoothly for us and if it doesn't we question his voice and our listening as his people. But I think from this passage I was encouraged that God knows us better than we do, he knows our weak spots and our temptation as church to turn in on ourselves and be inward orientated and stick with the safe and the familiar. But this doesn't thwart God, he continues to leave even via the roundabout way that seems to amble through the wilderness for a bit and we can trust him that it's for our good to bring us to a place of readiness for whatever we need to face. Fear of failure is often a cause of anxiety that stops us in our tracks, but I'm encouraged by this that we can step out and follow his leading and trust. Trust him with our weaknesses that will not thwart his leading, but in his loving grace and mercy, he'll bring us to that place of preparedness. I think this should give us great confidence as church to turn outward, take some risks, be okay with trying something, knowing the shortest, easiest, smoothest way may not be our path, but that doesn't define failure. It's often in the longer, harder way we're brought to the kind of trust that can free us from the outcome. The only failure would be to continue to allow fear to drive our church and not step out in the first place. Thanks.
0: That's part of devotional that went out in Western Sydney what if God is leading us in the harder, more difficult way? Do we abandon him? Do we go our own way? Or do we just trust him? I'm going to pray and uh, yeah, as we conclude the, the, the teaching time. And Father, I want to just uh, trust you in, in, in where you are leading us, where you are guiding us. Lord, we... Um, but sometimes we are fearful, and we're afraid we're going to lose our comfort, we're going to lose some sort of power, we're going to lose some sort of um, way forward that, that we will rely upon. Lord, I want to pray that you would uh, take and smash our idols, or maybe give up the idols. May we truly be disciples of yours, set apart for your kingdom's sake, doing your work, fearlessly, courageously, and not people who are limited by fear. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.